Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 185, Emotionally Unavailable People. It's January 17th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and more. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. I am not using music for my podcast intros or outros any longer in an effort to be inclusionary for people who are hard of hearing or have hearing loss. I ask you to get other podcasters and social media personalities to ditch music when combined with voice to include people who are hard of hearing or have hearing loss. That would be a great thing. End of intro, sans the music. Emotionally unavailable people. This topic came to me out of the blue suddenly. It was not on my list of podcasts to make, and boy, what a doozy. I I really can't believe it. Before I break this apart for you, please visit my website and enter my giveaway. As I mentioned in the intro, there is nothing about what I say in any of my content in any format that is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. You should get medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. I do currently have transcripts for my podcast on rss.com. However, they are in a terrible, unmanageable format. I am working with my IT guy to go back to a service or subscription we were using in 2022 to see if we can get a better result for the podcast transcripts because it's just too much for me to spend two to four hours per transcript sorting it out. It's really a mess. I do apologize and it will be fixed later this year. If you're listening to this podcast and you feel hopeless, suicidal, thinking about harming yourself, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or you may call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255, or call or text 988. There is help available for you. Please don't be ashamed or embarrassed. Just get the help that's available emotionally unavailable people. This is a ginormous topic. This, I use the word people instead of a gender to be inclusive because this applies regardless of your gender, your orientation, or how you identify. This is a global topic and a big issue. Emotional uh, emotional availability refers to a person's emotional responsiveness and quote-unquote attunement to others' needs and goals. The key construct is the acceptance of a wide range of emotions rather than solely to be responsive to distress. If you're listening to this podcast and you already know that you are emotionally unavailable, my request is that you please Do not beat yourself up. I'm just asking you sweetly, nicely, kindly, please do not beat yourself up. We as a society, as a society in the world, are not generally high in emotional intelligence. 
the percentage of people who have high emotional intelligence is extremely small. What does that mean? That means generally speaking, we as human beings in society don't have high emotional skills and abilities, leaving many people being emotionally unavailable. Emotional skills and abilities have to be learned. Unfortunately, we're not teaching that to children by and large. And worse, we are often invalidating children's feelings and emotions, which can contribute to low self-esteem, it contributes to being emotionally unavailable, and it contributes to many, many other significant issues. How can you blame yourself for not having skills that no one taught you? Is it reasonable for you to blame yourself for not having skills that most people don't have? I don't think that's reasonable. I just don't think that's reasonable. So my request is put the bat down, stop beating yourself up and just breathe and listen and allow this to wash over you because this is a very big topic. It's a big topic and it's a very common topic. So what's predictable? What's most predictable if you or someone you love is emotionally unavailable what's most predictable is that it's a result of childhood trauma a child an adverse childhood experience or some adult trauma or adverse experience so it could have started in childhood and then been piled on later in adult life so this is something that is typically thought to have originated in childhood typically from the lack of responsiveness from a mother or father figure. So it's not your fault. And now becoming awake and aware to emotional availability and emotional unavailability, what are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna give you lots of suggestions at the end, but I wanna take a moment and pause about the research on emotional availability. So this next piece is from Cambridge University Press development and psychology psychopath psychopathy no psychopathology volume 24 issue 1 january 2012 so this is emotional availability concept research and window on development developmental psychopathology so according to this research piece from cambridge university press emotional availability refers to the capacity of a dyad meaning two to share an emotional connection and enjoy a mutually fulfilling and healthy relationship. In 1975, Mailer, Pine, and Bergman first used the term emotional availability to describe a mother's supportive attitude and presence in the context of infant slash toddler explorations away from her. Healthy mother-child relationships allow exploration and autonomy, at the same time recognizing the importance of physical contact and emotional refueling. Later, researchers added emotional signaling and receiving to the dynamic first presented in 1975. Additionally, attachment theory preceded the emotional availability and it has a good bit of research that discusses 
all how this interplays and how it overlaps and the Venn diagram of all that. I'm not diving into that because in this channel, we only use research to power up our life. And we don't need to get that deep in this topic. I do, however, want to point out from the research that there are kind of two types of emotional unavailability. One is temporary, the other is long-standing. Sometimes certain life challenges or situations can provide the setting or dynamic where a person is temporarily emotionally unavailable. This can be the result of many different factors. For example, a divorce, cheating, infidelity, ghosting, being discarded, abusive relationships, having multiple concurrent life challenges or multiple life challenges happening in a reasonably short period of time, illness, death, and other losses. That means there are a lot of different things that can cause a person to be emotionally unavailable in a temporary context. What that points to is a topic I did a podcast on called emotional bandwidth. The things I just listed are things that would reduce your emotional bandwidth without question. I do recommend you listen to that podcast because it's helpful in life to understand your emotional bandwidth and things that can boost your emotional bandwidth or take it down because emotional bandwidth is something that you would hopefully once you understand it you would want to protect you would want to keep your emotional bandwidth at a good level and not let things reduce it what are some of the signs that a person is emotionally unavailable well i have a list of 20 these may or may not be signs. You have to take it in a total picture, in the total context. One incident, one statement, one behavior may or may not mean someone is emotionally avail unavailable. So I don't want you to take this as, oh, well, they must be emotionally unavailable. You have to look at everything. Number one, conversations are surface or superficially, usually nothing deep. Two, an emotionally unavailable person usually avoids their emotions and or emotional topics. Three, they may pull away when a relationship deepens. Four, they may avoid intimacy altogether. Five, they might have commitment issues. Six, they might get defensive frequently or easily. Seven, they do not show up for you when you need them. Eight, they may have little empathy, which could also be a sign of a psychopath, a narcissist, or some other mental health disorder or diagnosis. Eight, nine, relationships may be draining, which could be due to other factors or causes like domestic abuse, abuse, trauma bonding, etc. Ten, trust issues might be a problem. 11. They may have a history of short-term relationships or few relationships. 12. They might avoid affection, no hugs, no warmth. 13. They might belittle, demean, or dismiss your emotions. 14. They might be a perfectionist or lean, lean towards perfectionism. 15. They might avoid labeling relationships. 
16. They are often inconsistent. 17. They often withhold their thoughts and their feelings. 18. They may cut people out of their life easily. 19. They might be critical. 20. They might want to maintain control and or their independence. That's 20 different things that could be a sign of someone who's emotionally unavailable. And it may not be. So that's just some, some ideas to get you started. As I break this apart, I do have to mention, no, I have to mention this, which is emotional reasoners. Emotional reasoners are people who use emotional reasoning. The reason that I'm giving them a special mention right now is because emotional reasoners mistakenly think that they have high emotional intelligence and that they are good with their emotions, which is almost always not true. What emotional reasoning is, is a cognitive distortion which means it is a form of irrational thinking. What a person who has emotional reasoning does is they use their emotions as facts to reason with instead of using facts. This, in my humble opinion, is one of the cognitive distortions that's harder to pick up on. In my experience, you have to have the right situation, setting, etc., to be able to sort that out. I think it's a difficult one to sort out. At the same time, people who have this cognitive distortion are often full of themselves and really think that they are really great with their emotions, which is absolutely not true. They, they may have some facility with emotions, but if they had a lot of facility and high emotional intelligence, they would realize that they're irrational because rational thinking is part of high emotional intelligence. So why does this matter? So I just had to mention that because I don't want anyone listening to this podcast going, oh, oh no, I'm really good with my emotions. I'm emotionally available. You may or may not be emotionally available, but if you're an emotional reasoner, that's flawed thinking, that's distorted thinking, that's inaccurate thinking, that's irrational thinking. All right, why does this matter? Well, this we're talking in this context of emotional unavailability or emotional availability. It has to do with emotional abilities. And emotional abilities, number one, are criti critical for healthy relationships in life. Two, emotional abilities make for better parents. Three, it makes for better emotional and mental health for the person. Four, it makes for better leaders. Five, it promotes open-mindedness. Six, it increases happiness. Seven, it increases love and affection. Eight, it's preventive for certain mental health, health disorders. I should rephrase that and say, may be preventive for certain mental health disorders. Nine, it makes life richer and more rewarding. 10, it's more authentic and real. 11, it increases self-awareness. 12, it's more likely to prevent addictions. 13, it feels better. 14, it helps to reduce anxiety and depression. And 15, it promotes better decision making. That's a list of 15 areas that having emotional abilities will impact. And there's a much longer list. That's the top 15. So I think you get the idea. This is a very significant topic. If you want to have relationships, if you would like to be a better parent, you know, if you want to have life be richer and more rewarding. 
So before I get to the bottom line, which is suggestions for you, I want to discuss this with respect to intimate partner relationships and dating. I will segue before that to say, this applies to friendships and coworkers, neighbors, and all kinds of people. This topic of emotionally unavailable people it's all over the board. It could be a coworker, your boss, a neighbor, somebody in an, an association or group or club you're in. It could be in your friend group. This applies all where, all anywhere there are people. And in this section, I'm going to address if you're married or you're dating, you'll handle your friend group, your coworkers in, in a like fashion as you decide to see fit. So if you're already married to someone who's emotionally unavailable, Probably you might not have realized that when you married them, but get into therapy and establish ways to deal with this problem. That might mean boundaries, it might mean agreements, it might mean coming up with strategies. You and your spouse or significant other, if you're not married, can, can find ways, meaningful, thoughtful, loving, caring, compassionate ways to deal with this. If you are married to an emotionally unavailable person or it's your significant other or partner, this is, if you don't do what I'm suggesting, if you don't have workarounds, if you don't have agreements, if you don't have strategies or boundaries or whatever, that is going to leave you holding the bag, which is not healthy and not good for you. So get therapy, get coaching, get whatever you need, but put things in place to manage and deal with it because you can. So that's in an intimate partner, marriage, significant other partnership. Now, in the area of dating or early relationships or relationships where you're not married or it's not your significant other, I have some things to say about that. First of all, I want to give you a reference where you can get more information on this because this is a very, very important topic. And you can look online under the term avoidant attachment to get more kind of pieces and a whole different look to this. So attachment styles, as I mentioned, it's another way to categorize how people form relationships. So an avoidant attachment style is one of three or four attachment styles, depending on who you read and who you believe and what you think, that what this is a theory model describing, analyzing, categorizing human behavior based on how children react when their needs are met and attended to or not met and not attended to in childhood, how it affects them later in life. So the theory is that in child, the childhood experience, whether it's good or bad or in between, shapes how the child as an adult will relate, attach, and have relationships in life. Very, a lot of research in the attachment theory. So according to one, like I said, there are some places that say there's three, there's four. It's very much like so many things in psychology. We just don't even have agreement on a basic definition of what constitutes good mental health. But here's four different attachment styles. One is a secure attachment style. Two is an avoidant attachment style or an avoidant slash hyphen dismissive attachment style. Three is ambivalent or anxious hyphen preoccupied attachment style, and number four is disorganized or disoriented attachment style. I do not want you to get hung up on this. I am mentioning this simply as a point of reference. 
if you want more information, those are things you can go look at in in the lay people's genre of the internet as opposed to PubMed because I don't believe many of you are going to go into PubMed and probably attachment theories would be the PubMed keywords. I'm, um, anyway, so an emotionally unavailable person. Now we're now I'm in the dating slash new relationship slash you know not married, not significant other, not life partner. Uh, an emotionally unavailable person is more likely to engage in love bombing, ghosting, and or ditching you without warning because they lack emotional abilities. In the dating realm, if you're dating, it is helpful for you to have a basic understanding of this so that you can make good decisions about a prospective date, dating partner, potential relationship. Love bombing, by the way, is also known to be done by narcissists and psychopaths and other individuals with certain mental health disorders. Someone doing love bombing does not mean they are a narcissist or a psychopath or have a mental health issue. It is something to be wary and mindful of. So an, a narcissist and an, an avoidant attachment style person, they might have some shared traits, but they are very different. An avoidant attachment style does not mean you are a narcissist. It does not mean that. So be mindful if you're in the dating phases of life for love bombing. Now I'm going to address ghosting, ditching, ghosting and ditching or uh, just whatever, whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it ghosting or ditching, which could be once, twice or hmm, more than once or twice. An emotionally unavailable person might ghost you or ditch you when they really like you because their feelings are too intense and their coping strategy is to pull back, run away, or avoid you altogether. That's just the way they cope with their emotions when their emotions are too intense. Now, they could ditch you or ghost you because they really don't like you. That's another possibility. An emotionally avoidant person is more prone to be promiscuous and have a string of short-term or one-night encounters over, over long-term relationships according to the research. So the avoidant attachment style, according to the 2019 research, they have more intimate partners than other attachment styles. That's also good to know if you're in the dating realm and you're looking at things to be concerned about. The question is, if you have been ghosted or ditched once, twice, or any number of times, do you take them back? That is a great question. So here's my answer. First of all, some people giving advice on the internet and podcasts and other formats would say, absolutely, no, not ever. Don't ever consider that. And you're welcome to take that advice. You are welcome to take that advice. My advice, however, with emotional skills and abilities would be different. My advice about whether to take somebody back who ghosted you or ditched you once, twice, or whatever number of times is to look at the context, 
look at the history, and look at the totality of everything involved. Did you and this other person have a shared vision? Did you have shared goals and values? Is the person a good person, like a really good person? That's just the first layer. My suggestion would be to go to my website under the Newsweek logo and download the free emotional workbook and start using that because that will lead you to a healthy, well thought out, thorough, do your due diligence decision. Or you can just completely not give another chance. However, if you're going to give them another chance, I would strongly suggest that you have boundaries and agreements in place at the very beginning. Now, if someone ditched you or ghosted you and, you know, the relationship really wasn't a relationship, you were like barely dating, that's a different story. I'm talking about when there's been a connection, some meaningful exchanges, whatnot, there was some level of intimacy, if they're going to come back or if it's happened twice or whatever, you know, then you want to look at having a straight conversation so they understand that you're just not going to tolerate poor treatment, ghosting, ditching, cutting you off. They will have to be able to have some responsibility for their part in it. I'll get to your part in a minute and agree to some something, agreements, boundaries, how you're going to handle it. Is it even worth it to give someone a chance, a second chance, a third chance, whatever? Well, that depends on many, many things. As I already mentioned, use my workbook. But here's the thing. Some emotionally unavailable people are the kindest, sweetest, most loving people worthy of your time and attention that you will ever meet. Yet it's only when they recognize their role in relationships and their behavior that they can begin to take responsibility for it. The saddest and most tragic aspect to this topic is that some emotionally unavailable people will miss out on a genuine, true, real love, like the love of a lifetime, opportunity, and either end up alone or going from fling to fling or relationship to relationship or settling and then being unhappy. It happens all the time. They will miss the one thing, love, that they crave and really want. And that's the tragic, sad part of emotional unavailability. I have to address before I get into the suggestions, the psychological safety or lack thereof, because this is an underpinning or a root cause or one of the root causes for emotional unavailability is not having emotional safety and not having corresponding emotional skills. You might have been a psychologically emotionally safe person for that individual who ghosted, ditched you, or did whatever. And it's highly likely that they might not have recognized that, or they might not have seen that at the time, because that would be unfamiliar to them. For someone who's emotionally unavailable, what's predictable and almost 100% is that they have not had psychological safety throughout their lifetime. So before you say to yourself, oh yeah, I'm psychologically safe for them and others, 
you may or may not be. You may or may not be. I mean, I know people who would say, oh yes, I'm psychologically safe, and they're really arrogant, they lack self-awareness, and they're not emotionally intelligent. So they would not be a safe person. So on top of it, in the early stages of dating, or perhaps a relationship forming, in these early stages, what's also very, very likely is that you brought your own issues to the table, or your own issues surfaced, which could be you having trust issues, being guarded, you, you know, not trust, whatever. And that would have clouded and changed the interactions from the beginning because it's a dance and an interaction between you and this other person. So what I'm saying is it's very possible that you having your issues surfaced had an impact on the situation and this provides another layer. It's also another reason why I don't say, oh yeah, just, just discard them if they ditched you or ghosted you. You, know, like, you have to look at everything, people. Now, it, may, it might have seemed like to them that you were not a safe person because your issue surfaced. Like, it, like who knows how it seems, but own your part for whatever the part was, for whatever happened and learn and grow from it. Now, I don't recommend, if you're going to get give someone who ghosted you or ditched you or did whatever another chance, I don't recommend you do that if you are going to lord it over them, keep score, or not be woefully compassionate and forgiving. If you are going to keep score, lord it over them and not forgive them, I do not think it's fair for you to give them another chance. Now, what's fair is for you to say to whoever did whatever, I have had, uh, my trust has been broken or damaged or reduced, so I'm going to need us to work together and you to do certain things to repair or restore the trust. And both parties can agree to that. If both parties can agree and be open and, and willing to do what it takes, then so it shall be done. That's reasonable to say based on your behavior, this is how I'm feeling, I'm not really trusting you, or I have whatever, this or that, and have an adult conversation about it and have some agreement. If you can't forgive the person, if you're gonna lord it over them, if you're gonna keep score, I would say don't bother. That is not fair to them and it's a waste of your time. Now, what I don't recommend, if you've been ditched, ghosted, or whatever happened, and in the dating genre, which is where we are, I don't recommend sitting around hoping and waiting that they're going to come back. I recommend you go full on with your life. You go make your life amazing. You create your dream life. And I absolutely do not recommend that you look at the person who ditched you or ghosted you or left you or whatever as the one that got away. No, no, no. That is not going to help you in any capacity. You may do that if you want. You might feel that way. My suggestion would be to reframe it or change your perspective as they're the one that walked away, it's their loss. It's not powerful for you to look at someone who ditched you or ghosted you or left you and never came back to work it out and fix things as the one that got away. That's just not powerful for you and I don't recommend that. Even though I am a diehard fan of second and third and four chances because I believe people should be able to make mistakes, people should have the freedom to be human. I, I am definitely a fan of that. Not everyone is worth another chance. 
some people are dangerous, some people are really bad, and some people know you should never give it another thought to. This is why I recommend that you do your due diligence on this because someone might be worth a second chance or they might not be worth a second chance. You're not going to know that if you just on the surface say, oh yeah, I'm not going to give them another chance. You've got to do your due diligence. Now, if it's really early on, you hardly know them, yeah, probably not because you don't have the context, you don't have the history, there was not significance, you know, so... Do whatever some people will do whatever it takes to make things right and fight for a relationship and other people no their pride their ego their sense of whatever is not going to have them do whatever it takes so it's complicated if you're not married or they're not your significant other there's not like this long-standing commitment if you're in the dating genre so I have some suggestions now for you if you are emotionally unavailable to help you move towards being emotionally available. If you're already emotionally available, hmm, I would check I would check yourself. Go do an emotional intelligence test. Go through my workbook and see if it all makes sense to you. But number here's my suggestions. Number 1, Finding the right romantic partner, significant other, or best friend, or best friend group can be the most healing and fruitful experience you can have to help you become more emotionally available. It does not have to be romantic. It can be platonic. Yes, friends are important. The right friends can help you heal and grow to learn to like yourself and appreciate yourself but I'm not talking about bad people and if you've listened to enough of my podcasts you know it's taken me 10 and sometimes 20 years to figure out get somebody's number because unfortunately sadly some people are extremely good at hiding their true nature now romantic love a romantic partner can be even more healing because what we know about love the percep this is about the perceptions of love so when you have the perceptions of love we know from bruce lipton's research that's in a pubmed article that i talked about in the podcast titled the power of your mind the perceptions of love change your blood chemistry in your blood if you have the perceptions of love your brain will add dopamine oxytocin vasopressin and a growth hormone or growth hormones to your blood chemicals that promote health harmony and a glowing body that's the perception of love so if you have real love you really have love of course you're going to get that you might get even more i don't know what the research says about that so make love and affection platonic romantic one or the other both either it makes no difference to me make this a priority which can be challenging and tricky when you're emotionally unavailable i am not unaware of the challenges for some people to make a transition i'm very well aware and deeply informed and deeply compassionate so number one love and affection pronto good friends romantic partner whatever take your pick make that a priority number two learn how to manage and process your emotions this is the crux of the issue i have on my website 
website a completely free emotional workbook. As of today, we're on version 6.0, which means the beautiful cover. Thank you, Jess, from the UPS store for your graphics. We have a cover. We now have a table of contents to make it easier to use. It's around 30-some pages. This is free. You don't have to register. Just go to my website and take it and start learning it because really if you listening to this podcast are emotionally unavailable this is what's going to help you move off of that i mean you could possibly just luck into finding the right love of your life or the best friend group and in five years or ten years really make significant inroads on being emotionally available the quickest fastest route more direct route is for you to deal with the problem which is emotions emotional safety you know your whether you're rational thinking or not this is the root of the problem <clears throat> so of course i suggest deal with the root problem i'm a big fan of dealing with the root problem i'm not i'm not about superficial stuff so that's number two number three ditch any shame or embarrassment about your emotional abilities or lack thereof the right people are going to love you regardless of your emotional abilities regardless if you're emotionally unavailable they the right people are going to understand now that doesn't mean the right people should tolerate your bs no if you're doing bs stop that but the right people will be good friends with you the right people will be a good partner or spouse. The right people are going to make you feel safe. And you will be able to have adult conversations about whatever with your friends or your partner or your spouse. What, you know, like you'll be able to have adult conversations. Now, you can feel shame or embarrassment. That's your choice. And if you do, Get the workbook and work through the shame or embarrassment because what I promise you is that this is not your fault. If you keep this up, keep after today being emotionally unavailable, then yes, it's your fault because you're aware of an issue and you're not dealing with it. But get safe people in your life. That's amazing. It's important. Now, I know I tend to be guarded. I have been guarded. I've run away from love. And I know I might have to have conversations with a future man about that, saying, hey, like, you need to be gentle with me and you need to understand these things. Let's figure out a plan if I feel like running away or I need, you know, like, why not have an adult conversation about that? I'm not without my issues. I've got my, I've got my issues, people. I'm had my trauma but it's possible to have amazing adult conversations it's very helpful though for you to ditch the shame and embarrassment because it's really not necessary or you can keep it number four self-love according to all reports we have 85 percent of the population that has low self-esteem which means they do not feel worthy deserving good enough or lovable some people are exceptionally high in self-loathing, which really means they kind of hate themselves. You can, over time, learn to appreciate yourself, like yourself, and then move into really loving yourself and valuing yourself, which is good for you and will help you in the area of emotional availability. It's very painful for some of us to be around people who have low self-esteem because some of them are cruel to themselves. Some of them are just literally so cruel to themselves, it's painful. Learn to deal with your emotions. You can 
heal and grow liking yourself appreciating yourself over time i have many podcasts that will help you five self-care and self-compassion this is not only going to help you feel better and this is much more than just grooming it is way beyond just grooming i do have a podcast that covers self-care and self-compassion in the same podcast this will help you if you're emotionally unavailable it will help you make a transition and i hope that you make self-care and self-compassion top of your list do it like a boss and enjoy it like just enjoy it like i enjoy it every day even when i'm not seeing people all right so number six empowering attitudes and beliefs this is so significant and if you're emotionally unavailable this can help you start to make the transition to becoming more emotionally available because some of you have mindsets that are completely disempowering i would suggest an abundance mindset which i just did a podcast on scarcity versus abundance i would suggest a growth mindset i would suggest the universe is for me things are happening for my benefit and my good and i would certainly suggest that you listen to my podcast on the power of your mind your mind is incredibly powerful you have no idea in my opinion most people have no idea listen to that podcast because you want in this situation to employ the power of your mind to help you make the transition this is a change this is a transition number seven mental and emotional fitness mental and emotional fitness is very complex there's lots of things emotional skills and abilities are at the top of the list so my workbook downloading it using it learning it should be at the top of your list but there are more aspects in my humble opinion to good mental and emotional health i have a podcast that's a mental and emotional checklist that you can use as a guide and if you want to go over the top over the top in mental and emotional fitness then you can listen to my podcast about being unbreakable or invincible which goes way up it's a ratcheted up people so that you cannot be broken i'm a fan of that because we do have soul crushers abusers narcissists and psychopaths who will crush you in a, in a nanosecond number eight create your beautiful future oh my heavens people i love this create your future why not it's amazing you can create whatever you want i am creating a world where people are happy and healthy and well loved and enjoying life that's what i'm creating that's my end game for you my my listeners and the people in the world that is my end game for you i already have that end game i'm there i'm helping you to get there or i'd like to help you to get there create a beautiful future for some of you who are emotionally unavailable that's like too hard that's too hard for you to think about it's too too far off the mark and i do understand i do understand that i've coached people for long enough i know where people are for the people when i start coaching them they can't even think about or talk about a future that's way over the top too too hard too far from where they are but get to the point where you can create your beautiful future if it's too much for you i have lots of podcasts that will help you number nine be present and be mindful i do have a podcast on being present and being mindful this is kind of the new the, the new the, the term of the day is being mindful or mindfulness back in the day before the the 
popularity of the term mindfulness or mindful, uh, being present was the term. This is something that's been discussed all throughout humanity. That podcast will help you being present or being mindful will help you learn to control your mind and help you with the migration toward being more emotionally available. And because, of course, one of the issues is people are not awake and aware to how they're feeling. Then they kind of react, they get triggered, so they go, stitch, run away, or what have you. Being present and mindful will help you. Number 10, use my content for specific areas of your life where you're struggling. You don't have to have the rest of your future be a future where you don't have love, be a future where you're emotionally unavailable. You could have any future that you are willing to create for yourself and work towards. It does take intentional actions, it does take time, but when you stick to the plan and keep going, you will get there. I understand it's extremely painful, or it can be, or I would suggest it is, to be unemotionally available, yet you're not stuck there. You are not stuck there. You may be stuck married to somebody or in a long-term committed relationship with someone who's emotionally unavailable. I've already talked about what I suggest you do about that. I, I'm not a fan of suffering. Now, some of you could be in resignation where they'll never change, they're not willing to go to therapy, blah, 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 blah. Then guess what? You get to work on your beautiful like life and make every single other aspect and area of your life amazing and great and you can sort out the marriage or the relationship later if you do anything about that. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you are committed to moving towards growing your emotional abilities. I promise you, you will not regret any time you spend learning emotional skills. I do recommend you use my workbook, though, because I do talk about things that people are not discussing that are psychologically proven and valid and important. Let me know how I can help you because I am committed. You are in my future. I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be crazy happy about the life you're living. That's what I want for you. I do love you. That's it for now. Here's my non-musical outro. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 185, Emotionally Unavailable People. I've given you lots of suggestions on things you can do. I hope you will take some action if this applies to you. Share this podcast on social media. Let's get people feeling happy, healthy, and well-loved because why not? Let me know how I can help you. I love you. That's it for now.